Hello and welcome to episode four of the Red Army podcast as we look back on a rare draw for Munster, a 13-all stalemate in Treviso. And we will also look ahead to the return to Cork this weekend as Munster face the Dragons. Jamie Phillips of the Rap and Dragons Lair pods will be with us later on for a Welsh eye on proceedings. But firstly, welcome back to my esteemed co-host who rejoins us after taking over Treviso with a lot of Munster fans last week. Welcome back, Patricia. I I feel like um, everyone will be disappointed that I'm not Eric, to be honest. But um, unfortunately, I'm not. So The the only thing that Eric um, failed to do last week was a couple of his impressions, but maybe was better off than you that we didn't have those. I was very disappointed that your guest host last week was Eric and not Trevor from Live 95. But, um, you know, I think that we'll uh, we'll have to make him come back and do that some other time, I'm sure. That could be a, a bonus or put it behind a paywall or something for, for legal reasons. It's easier to skirt these things. We, we'll start with, um, with, uh, with last weekend, going chronological order. After Munster's opening round, impressive opening round, failed to hit the same heights in round two. And as I said, fell to that 13-all draw in Italy. A late Thomas Ahern try helped snatch the two points. Patricia, you were there. Um, it was far from far from pretty on the eye or on the field. But look, it's it's two points and probably two points stolen. Yeah, Treviso's class though. Like, you know, the match was underwhelming perhaps, but... um. You know what a stadium and what a what is a city. I don't know if it's a city or a town. I, I think it's a city, but it, yeah, like you know, other than the the eighty minutes where we had to sit and watch that match, like the the rest the rest of the weekend was unreal. Yeah, to be and to be fair, it was kind of a. It's one of those games anyway. It's either going to be thirteen ten or thirteen all or fifteen ten, or it's going to be like forty thirty like it was last year. Just I don't know if it's Benetton or what it is. It always seems to go that way, but unfortunately, it didn't. It it wasn't it wasn't great in the eye, as we said. Even if the city is is wonderful, and I know there's plenty who'll be listening who were there, or I know a lad who who's living over there. Hopefully, he's listening. So I think they'll maybe the the travel board will will do another pod on Treviso, maybe in a year's time or two years' time. <laughs> but it was disjointed. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great performance. I suppose probably one thing that we can say is conditions were a factor. What what was it like over there? Because sometimes, you know, the cutting to the stadium two minutes before kickoff doesn't really do it justice. Um, like throughout the match itself, it was dry. Um, but I know it had been wet. See, I was at the World Cup final the night before, so I didn't get to Treviso until a lot later than a lot of other people did. But I know that it had been wet, like over the weekend. Um, which might account for the just 82,000 knock-ons that Munster were throwing around throughout that match. But the pitch was kind of cutting up as well. It was like a kind of a, a heavy pitch, I suppose. Um, I, I don't know, like, it was, you know, Benetton are not like a gimme team by any accounts. And I think that there will be teams who are more full strength than Munster were on Sunday who will go to that stadium and get fewer than two points. Um, and, you know, did Munster deserve those two points? Like, yeah, probably not. But, you know, they came away with them and that's kind of, 
you know, when you look back on at the end of a season, you look at two points like that and you think, you know, that that can be the difference between, you know, either second, you know, second and third place or fourth and fifth place or whatever it is. So I think that they'll they'll take the two points for sure. And that's that's a big factor of it because even last year I think Munster finished was it four points behind Glasgow, having or five points behind Glasgow having lost a game to them. And that's where that mm-hmm. extra one or two points uh, across the course of a season, like we're only two games in, but it'll feel huge. And as we said, they kinda they kinda stole it in, in a lot of ways. Like it wasn't it wasn't a, a I suppose it wasn't a very cohesive performance. It was it was stop start, it set piece issues, you know, the, the midfield struggled to get make inroads, but on the flip side of things one man who did stand out was Malachi Fekitoa in green and white this time. He was very, very good, shut down Munster's defence very well. And it just shows that Treviso, like, even though it mightn't have been perfect on the eye, they certainly performed very well on the... Oh, yeah. Like, well, wouldn't you have loved Malachi Fekitoa to start last season like that? Like, you know, with performances like that one. But um, I'd say he's glad to see the back of the Munster supporters. Like, he was... The year, the year burnt off him all weekend to everyone coming up to shake his hand. But um, yeah, like they're a good team. They're probably a better team than their like their finish last season would suggest that they are. And especially at home, like they're a difficult team to go and play. And like I said, like they'll turn over not not better teams than Munster, but like they'll turn over stronger teams on that field than Munster. And like. Neither team probably deserved that to be a draw, but that's, you know, Munster are very good at getting points where you might not think that they deserve them and that will stand to them as the season goes on. Yeah, it was disjointed and it was, I'd say, maybe disappointing, uh, especially coming off the, the Sharks game, which was so positive the week before. But it's one of those things, like it's still early in the season and there's still a lot of a lot of new new players and inexperienced players and a lot of players still to come back in so I don't think that it's like you know panic stations things are awful you know round three out like I don't think it's 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 that bad like it was a it was a dour game and it was a draw and you take it and you bank it and you you move on and you put in a big performance this weekend like kind of thing yeah absolutely and like Benetton's home form some people mentioned it during the week in, in preview and I think Eric might have mentioned it as well, but you know, last year they beat Glasgow at home, they beat Scarlets at home, they beat Ulster, they beat Connacht in, in the Challenge Cup, they beat Cardiff also in the Challenge Cup, and they beat Stade Francais, I believe, at home. Yep, they beat Stade Francais and, and Bayonne both at home in in the Challenge Cup as well. Like that's they're big teams, big performances from a side that I think from the outside eye we kind of say, Oh well, it's only Benetton, but they're a good they're a good side and they they definitely had a stronger team on the field than Munster did um in terms of like you know their 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 players having come back and just their their sort of the players that they have available to them at the moment and like Munster had you know Josh Witcherly pulled out just before the match and you had like it, it was a very very young Munster team and like that you know those performances are going to happen and to get two points from it in the grand scheme of things, is a positive, even if the game wasn't particularly positive, I suppose. And like a year ago, Munster probably gets zero points from a performance like that. Um, So I think like you compare it to the start of last season 
we're still sort of leagues ahead of of what we saw then. So, like, I don't think that there's too much to worry about with it. I suppose. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. You know, like I, I was frustrated watching it. It was one of those like there was so many handling errors and just basic mistakes, but it did feel like well. You know, as he said, there was there was a young team out. They had to problem solve. They had to find a way around it. They had to, like, you take someone like Edwin Adogbo, who was potentially player of the match against the Sharks, had a slow start in this game. But the further the game went on, the better he looked. And that's what mm. you want to see from from a young player. You know, just finding a way, finding out, fi- you know, finding the answers to the questions that were being asked. And they, he, in particular, absolutely did that. Like he was. I don't know if he made the carry directly after Thomas Hearn's line break near the end or, or maybe two or three after. But that got Munster go forward, got them into a good position to score. And it is those young players like, you know, Ahern and the Dogbo who finished as a second row pairing, Alex Kendellan, um, Paddy Patterson, if we can count him as a young player anymore. He's got an old head in his shoulders, I suppose. Harsh. Harsh <laughs> on Paddy there, like, but But these these are the guys that have become very important for Munster in games like these because that's where in years gone by they were relying on older players to get the job done in these games. Now they're starting to rely on younger players and realistically they're probably one, two, you know, good scrums away from from having won that game with a try at the end. Yeah, I think so. And I think like, you know, Munster sort of had maybe like 10 or 15 good minutes at the end of this game and, you know, with maybe like one more experienced player than than they had, like maybe they have twenty good minutes and they win the game. But I think that like that experience stands to those young players, so that you know the next time, because there will always be injuries, there will always be times where you have to field the young players, and like that game will stand to them more than like if they had just watched it. You know, the likes of Kieran Ryan and Mark Donnelly will have this game stand to them as the season goes on, and. I do think that um, the bench were hugely positive in this game, and that's not like, and not in the in the way that a bench would normally be, where it would be like, oh, they had you know all their internationals on the bench, or they brought on a load of experience. Like you're you're talking about Paddy Patterson and Tom O'Hearn and Alex Nankaville. You know these are not experienced monster players, um, and I thought that they all they really changed the makeup of that game. I think Patterson especially to come back from an ACL injury in, you know, 15 minutes or however long it took him to recover. You know, I'd say Orgy is kind of looking at him, <laughs> a little bit jealous looking at him and how, how quick he came back from it. But like for him to come straight back in and have a performance like that, I think um, massively changed the the sort of the picture for Munster when he came on. And, and I think that there are still, there's still positives there, like regardless of how frustrating it was to watch. And it, and it was frustrating to watch, like, yeah, and there's always positives from these games. Even if they'd lost, you know, 13-10 on the flip side of things, there's still positives to be taken. There was still, a, you know, uh, the point I made in one of my season previews, I can't remember if it was here or my own pod, was just the fact that eventually games like these start to show in the long term. And like the Leinster game is the one from last year that I always go back to if Munster didn't go so heavy in preseason and trust their young lads in the early part of the season, they probably never win that game because it was Craig Casey, Jack Crowley, you know, Alex Kendellan, um, Finney Witchley, not the youngest, I know, 
John Hodnett at the youngest in the team. But lads like that were the ones who drove Munster over the line in that game. And it is, eventually the season is, it is kind of like a story. It kind of, you want it to come back around in some regard and you want the hard work that was done at the start to be rewarded at the end. And that's hopefully something we'll point to this game and say, well, you know, maybe Kieran Ryan has a big scrummaging day near the end of the season when he's called upon. And we're saying, look, you have you have to learn. You know, he's only a year or two in the academy. You have to learn at some stage. And I think Paddy Patterson is is a fine example. Um, he's, you know, he was he was never a slow starter. There's nothing slow about him at all. But he's on the that side of the coin now, where he's he's been through it. He's been there, and now he he looks like a leader from from the scrum half position. Yeah, I think that um. I think we sort of end up with this like warped view of what a senior player is from a Munster point of view because Munster players become senior players when they're like 16 years old and they have three caps kind of thing. Um, You know, like you said about the likes of Finneen Witchley and, and, and John Hodnett, like they are young players, but they're also kind of senior Munster players at this stage. And the way that Munster have sort of um gone about like making these younger players such big leaders within the team, I think has stood to them where you feel like they are much more sort of old heads and senior players than they really are. Like these are guys in their sort of early and mid twenties who are carrying this team through games. And that's, that's hugely positive. I think in terms of Paddy Patterson, like I I don't want to spoiler alert to looking forward to, to the Dragons game, but like with, you know, having a, a rotation of Craig Casey and Paddy Patterson is, is, is an ideal one for me. Like I really like the idea of, I I think you know again not to to start previewing, but I think you know I would probably start Patterson and have Casey come off the bench for this one, and I think that I think Patterson has earned that as well. Like I think that his performance off the bench in this Treviso game has earned him that opportunity to to have a go and and sort of push on from that. And I think that those are positives for Munster, and there were negatives too. Like of course there were, um, but they're like the negatives are not I don't think outweighed by the positives and this time last year they would have been um and like you know Munster didn't lose this game and it's the sort of thing that like this time last year Munster had lost you know three or four games and you know as as long as they're still gathering points like you're gonna have a a dodgy performance once in a while it happens to every team and like I guess the the sort of main, you know, telling of it is to not have it happen two, three, four weeks in a row. Like they need to, you know, come back from it and perform, you know, go back to the to the way they performed in the Sharks game as opposed to making this the trend like going forward. Absolutely. And this is probably one of the downsides. If we recorded this maybe after Access Monsters Week Two video had come out, we might have some something to go off of, but unfortunately that hasn't arrived just yet. But again, for your weekly reminder, if you haven't subscribed to Access Monster, do because it's brilliant. It's absolutely phenomenal, and might see a couple of of well known faces in the video for the away days this time around. Like I know there was a good few Monster fans. There wasn't that many either at the same time. Um, oh, there was a fair few though. Well, there was, there was. There, there was, was a big was probably group enough of us. For, for everyone to be seen is, is kind of the point. You know, <laughs> we were, the, our the phones were hopping. The camera picked you all up anyway. 
yeah our phones were hopping you know every few minutes with text saying just saw you on the telly you're on the telly again it's like yeah no we know we're at the match like it's fine you don't have to tell us every time we're on the telly kind of thing um but no there was a fair fair monster support that stadium is mad like they have a dj and they have a cocktail menu and they've it, all, all sorts of things sorry was there prosecco i think Oh God, there was, of course there was. They had a full, you know, they have an Aperol spritz. They have a full cocktail menu, like rugby themed cocktails. Um, crazy stadium, actually. Um, I really enjoyed it there. I've never, it's it's my first, my first Treviso away trip and it won't be my last because like, it was, um, it was a super stadium. And, you know, I don't know if, how much you could hear on, on the TV. At one point we started singing Stand Up and Fight and you could, like, even the players, while they were like setting up for a scrum or whatever, were like, "Why is there so many of them? Like, why, what are they doing here?" And the the Benetton supporters loved it. Like they were clapping along with stand up and fight, and we sang zombie at the end. And um, I heard that the, that came across on the television. Yeah, actually. that was that was us. And the the Benetton supporters loved that. One fella came up to a couple of us afterwards and asked us to take a photo with his child. And we were just kind of like, um, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> we're just here to watch the rugby game. But it was <laughs> it was mad. It was a, it was an interesting experience. Like, you kind of had to make your own experience of it because the game wasn't really doing it for you, I suppose. Yeah, there's been plenty of, of away days like that. But I suppose if you're going to make your own trip of it, there's probably no better place to start than in Treviso because you've got everything there, as you said, from the drink to the food to the fans and, you know, the, the, the afterthought of the rugby as well. Before we move on to kind of the 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 more boring squad updates kind of stuff, I just want to get one last take on any players that stood out to you and then just the fact that you were at it. You know, you can get a different eye on things as well, which is, which is kind of good to bounce off of as well. So was there anyone who stood out and... I would like to add, hopefully we don't forget the most obvious candidate like myself and Eric did last week where we forgot the player got there at the match. So if you have to go through one to 23 so we don't do it, be my guest. <laughs> well, the player who got player of the match last week stood out to me this week, but in a in a not so positive way. So we'll leave that one alone. But um, I think in terms of the starting 15, Edwin Adogbo, 100% for me was 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 just hugely impressive again and played 80 minutes like it's not it's not his it's his second 80 minute performance I think ever uh, at a senior level um and you know he is that's a young young guy who is an academy player who is playing 80 minutes in a senior game that was not an easy game to play in like it's just hugely impressive um for me the sort of the standouts came from the bench, I think, um, Ahern and Patterson especially. I think Alex Nankavell is super. He is someone who I am just hugely, hugely excited to keep seeing more of. You know, his, he was the most stylish Munster player travelling home on Monday um, without a shadow of a doubt. John Ryan as well, actually, I thought. like it, the, the scrums were a bit of a, a problem area, I think, when, when John Ryan and Tom Ahern came on, it shored up a good bit. Um, for Kieran Ryan, like uh, I think having the like the bulk behind him and then a sort of an anchor like John Ryan, this is me pretending I know anything about scrums, like, but I think that that I think that that's what was making the difference. Um, I thought that the scrums looked a bit better when when John Ryan came on. Yeah, I think like a dog bow and Patterson for me would be the two. If I had to pick two, like they would be the two standouts. I thought Patterson was superb when he came on. 
agree with all of those. Um, agree with the scrum point as well. I did think it it started to just kind of even out. I suppose like it, it's easy to look at it and say, well, there's a few scrum penalties that didn't go well, but I think the term that the Tom Savage used was the monster scrum wasn't on roller skates either. It wasn't just going back. Yeah, I 10, don't. I yards. don't think. I don't think necessarily that like giving away X amount of scrum penalties means that the scrum went really badly. I know that sounds contradictory because Munster did give away a few scrum penalties, but like the the scrum is such a sort of a, like a lucky dip for whether or not your team gives away a penalty. And there were a few that, you know, for as, for as many as there were penalties given away, there were, it looked quite solid the rest of the time, I thought. Like, I don't think Kieran Ryan had as bad a day in the scrum as, it might like, you know, the stats might make it look like he did. Like you say, the scrum wasn't going backwards. It was either going down or it was solid. And I do think that it was, you know, if one of those goes the other way, like Munster probably win that game sort of thing. But yeah, like it was, it was a weird one because they were giving away penalties, but at the same time, it didn't look like a, you know, massively dominant Treviso scrum performance or like a massively sort of, struggling monster scrum it was a strange one but I did think that when Ahern and Ryan and, and John Ryan came on it it looked a good bit more solid I thought anyway like I I don't know if that's because of the just having the, that size behind them and John Ryan is such a, a solid scrummager not that not that Archer isn't obviously but like John Ryan is is an excellent scrummaging prop in my opinion and I think that it did shore up a little bit but um I, like I said, I think it was Santa Kieran Ryan anyway. Like, I don't think that he had an awful performance by any stretch, but I think that the next time he has to play, which you know, is going to be this weekend, but, um, with, like, I think that he'll, you know, he'll shore up better in the scrums this weekend for having that experience of that sort of 60, 65 minutes or however long it was. And you'd have something to work on as well. You'd, you'd have a base to go against, you know, when it comes to the analysis room we're doing stuff with um uh Andy Kiriakou. I don't know how I've got his name for a minute. <laughs> um doing stuff with him this week. And that's important too. And as you said, having someone like John Ryan the other side, you know, if like I'd have no problem if we see Kieran Ryan and John Ryan starting either side this week. Because then mm. you also have a bit more faith that John Ryan has been around the block. They're not going to throw anything new with him. And he can, you know, anchor, I think is is the word that, that most people use. I'm not a scrummaging expert. I'm not going to pretend I am either. I do really like uh, I do really like John Ryan as a as a bench option because um I I think that he is like I said I, I think that he's the best I think he's one of the best scrummaging props in the country. I've thought this for a long time. Um I think that if his season had looked slightly different, he would have been in that World Cup squad. Like I I I really do. I, I I think he's such a good scrummager, like and but he's he's got so much more to his game than that over the last few seasons. He's really really sort of developed his game. Like you've seen even in this game where Munster weren't sort of firing when he came on, there were still a, a a good bit of you know silky hands and and things like that. And I think that having that to come off the bench is like a a kind of a secret weapon almost. Um, I do I really like him in that role this season, and like obviously you know. Salanoa would probably ideally be in there somewhere. Um, but I, I think that the Archer Ryan combo is 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 working. Like it's one of the things that I I just love to see it. Like it's so it, it's so like this shouldn't work. And then you watch them and you're like, this is just the most majestic 
two people I've ever seen in my life. Like just one of them coming off, you know, the other one, like the two farmers looking guys you've ever seen and they're, they're tearing off every team in the league. And, you know, you, you just, you actually just love to see it. I think that's going to go into the headline on this. The title is going to be majestic props because I don't know if I've ever heard anyone else say Stephen Archer is majestic. Uh, dependable, reliable, all that kind of stuff. Majestic? No, but I like it because his, his game has come on. To be fair Sexy. to him, his game has come on so much. You know, like suave, the sophisticated. Is he another Antoine Frisch? Not for me to say. He might be. You know, like deep down, there might be an Antoine Frisch kind of swagger to him. You mentioned a man who kind of exudes that as well, and I want to give him a mention is Alex Sankovell. Seen a bit mm. more from them we did the week prior, mainly because Munster were kind of on more ball as as well um, in the closing stages. But I, I really like... It, he just passes the eye test, and I don't mean that in a, in a, um, in a weird way or anything like that, but he just looks like the it's type of player. It's not weird to say he's sexy. It's not to say he's sexy. Look, it's, it's just a fact of life. You know, he he strutted through that airport in his Birkenstock Boston's on Monday and they didn't even look wet or anything and it was unbelievably heavy rain in Treviso on Monday morning and not a speck on the Boston's. Like, he is... No, I, I, I do think that um I'm really enjoying what we've seen from him the last two weeks. I'd love to see him start this weekend um, and get that from minute one. I think that he is someone who could have like a really, could play a really big role this season. I think as, as things get going, when we see more of like, as the, as the, the squad starts to sort of reintegrate in, you know, cause there, there's a lot of this squad not available at the moment. You sort of forget how, you know, it's not bare bones in the way it was this time last season where we had no second rows, but like it's it's a different look of a monster squad than it will be, you know, at Christmas time, say, or anything like that. So it's um yeah, I think that he's one that I'm really looking forward to to seeing yeah as we see more and more of him throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. And he kinda I don't want to label him as like a Rolls Royce type player too soon, but he does have that bit of defensive solidity attacking flair, breakdown work, tough as nails. As an inside centre in what Munster are trying to do, that's kind of what they're going to be looking for. They're not going to look for an exact replacement of Mala, but something close to it. We'll just run into the, the I say boring stuff, but there's a lot of news this week. Um, One, one of which goes without mention. We'll get to that in a second. So firstly, you mentioned Craig Casey. He has rejoined the squad following his World Cup involvement with Ireland. So he's in training and... Could feature the yep. Um, I got attacked for not calling Cardiff the Blues there recently, so I might have to call Dragons Gwent or Newport. We'll 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 talk that over <laughs> with James Phillips, who was on the line, and we'll be joining. My favorite, team. my favorite thing to do is call Welsh regions by the names that will upset the Welsh people that support those regions. It's so fun. Like yeah. personally, I love when when Swansea playing it against Clonetly. Like that's just my favorite thing. <laughs> Poor, poor Jamie is, is sitting here and he's he's not even going to have a chance to speak. He'll be gone before we get, before he gets his opinions out there. But uh, really quickly, so Liam Coombs, the Jack O'Sullivan, they're back in training, haven't been previously on the, the long-term list. Josh Witchley is ruled out with a neck injury. Joey Carberry picked up a wrist injury. Um, 
uh, during the game and will go for a scan. Not confirmed to be out, but you'd imagine he's ruled out. Niall Scanlon mm-hmm. also and Andrew Conway also unavailable. Uh, Simon Zebo. Can Andrew Campbell. Conway just does not be injured for just one game? Like it's it's just really just difficult at this point. I just want to watch him play. I was so gutted when they named the team and he wasn't in it. I was like, I'm traveling from Paris to Treviso and I want to see Andrew Conway play rugby when I get there. And I just I don't get it. It's a pity. He will be back. We're we're gonna. Will he though? He will. He will. We're not. We're not gonna have any negativity in the air. Not yet. <laughs> he will That's be a kicker back. For jo- it's a kicker, kicker for Josh Witcherly, though. Um, you know, a, a young prop getting a neck injury, you never like to see it. And Munster are thin on the ground, obviously, with um, the fact that Lockman and, and Kilcoyne were both at the World Cup. So, yeah, like it's, you know, it's heavy reliance, I suppose, on, on Ryan and Donnelly um, until we can get somebody else there. That's that, But that's a kicker for Josh Witcherly. It looked like he was going to, you know, kick on from you know from the Sharks game but um, hopefully it's not one that, that sort of persists Yeah, and you'd imagine that Jeremy Luckman will be back in training soon providing there's no I underlying so. injury so he played like six minutes at the World Cup and they were ages ago like yeah I'm surprised he's not back there, there must be some sort of a bang there or had a heavy workload in training or something he had the a holiday fin- booked the final thing I want to talk about relates to finals so unless you've been living under a rock you would have heard South Africa are the world champions. First men's team to win four World Cup titles. And a very special shout out should go to Munster's own. Can I say Limerick's own? <laughs> John Klain as well. I mean, Limerick's own John Klain, absolutely. Like, and, and at this point, I'd say we could claim Orgy as well. Yeah, And to Limerick's own Orgy Stamen as well. Former player and coach Felix Jones is a member of the backroom staff, along with former Munster coaches Razi Erasmus and Jacques Nienabar. And also a special shout out to Killarney man and former Munster analyst Paddy Sullivan, who was also a part of the backroom staff. So a very Irish feel to the World Cup winners. Again, I mean, Munster, Munster are basically the world champions. Like there's kind of no other way around it than that. Yeah. Um, you know, like and, being and in that C stadium. Point for Felix. <laughs> yeah, being in that stadium on uh, on Saturday night, like I for cheering for the lads, it was really, really special. And, you know, RG and JK, like in very different ways, are both sort of both have such stories that brought them to this point. And for RG to come back from the two injuries, like he basically didn't until the run in, you know, to win the URC last season, he basically hadn't played since the last World Cup final. And to come back in such screaming form and to play such a big role in, in this World Cup, you know, scoring the winning try in the semi final and you know, like for John Klain, I mean, like there's nothing that can be said about him that hasn't already been said. But you know, to, not good enough for Test rugby to to be coming back with with an orgy haircut and a and a World Cup winners medal. It just it makes my heart swell for the guy. It, it like just nobody deserves it more. And you know, Munster are going to be fielding a, a World Cup winning second row pair this season. Like three World Cup winners medals in that in that second row pair. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. Like, just unbelievably happy for the two of them. I think my favorite comment um, was because Orsay Stamen has been cutting everyone's hair and giving them all the <laughs> same hairstyle. <laughs> to be fair, it it looked really good. To be fair to him, if you like that style, but as <laughs> someone said, he kind of has the knack of you know the person your mother would say, well, if he jumped off a cliff, would you jump off as well? Because <laughs> he is that kind of a. 
a character, but that's why we love him. That's why we love him. I will welcome on now as we look ahead to the Dragons game, host of the Dragons Lair and Rap Podcast, Mr. Jamie Phillips. So welcome on, Jamie. Hello, both. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for inviting me on. Always good to have you on, mate, and to and to speak again. The kind of administration stuff. First of all, this game takes place at five fifteen on Saturday evening in Musgrave Park. If you cannot get some of the remaining tickets, well, firstly, do try and get to the game if you can at all. If you can't, it will be live on RT2, Premier Sports, Viaplay Sports, URC TV, or whoever your local URC broadcaster is. I'm retired from going to rugby matches for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. It's it's. I've been to two. It's, it's too. It's too much. I'm retired <laughs> until the two monster matches at the end of the month, and I can't remember which one is first and which one is second. So I'm not going to even try and remember. Dormers first. Dormers and then Leinster, is it? Dormers then Leinster. Yeah. Right. That's, well, that's, that's, a, that's a nice one to ease back into. I'm, I'm, the final. I'm, hiber- I'm hibernating until until the East Terror sees me again. <laughs> well, the East Terrors won't know what's hit them because when you, you'll be <laughs> raring to go then when you get back. Jamie, I'll, dive o- I'll dive over the barrier to get in the Sinbin chair like I've, I haven't been there in so long. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you, to be honest. I, I kind of feel the same. I missed the Sharks game. Um, The flip side of things, maybe not as much excitement with yourselves, Jamie, but how are things at, at Rodney Parade at the moment? Um, could be better. I'm not going to lie. Dad's uh, <laughs> trombone music. <laughs> I know, yeah. So look, before the season started, I was cautiously optimistic. Um, and, it, you know, to be fair, there was quite a number of reasons for that. You know, us going into private ownership, getting our deal done was really important for us. Um, because I think if we hadn't got that completed, we probably would have gone under. Um, it's an open secret in Welsh rugby that the WRU want three professional teams, not four. Um, just because of the lack of money and resources. And they'll come out and say we're committed to four teams, but I know for a fact behind closed doors, um, they want three. It'd be easier for them if we had three teams. The, so the it's really important. They, they just really want the Ospreys to be the one to go, though. Like, oh, they're trying to make sure everyone. Yeah. Every year, it's <laughs> like, it's like, how can we get rid of the Ospreys this season? And the Ospreys are like a fucking cockroach team and they just, let's, let's will, just not, them like, they will not die. The Ospreys Harlequins in the URC next in the, in whatever amount of years time that'll that that won't boil anyone's piss at all. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like there's a major story every week in a rugby paper involving the Ospreys, and like this one now with, with wasps and oh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's going to happen at some point. I'm convinced of it. I don't upset Ospreys fans, but I think it's, it's going to happen. In the future, I think you can but, say what yeah. you like. I'm not sure what our demographics are, but I don't think we're a number one podcast in the Neat Swansea <laughs> area. So feel free. <laughs> Fair enough. I like the I like um, the Os- if I had a second team it would be the Ospreys. So let's let's not get too too heavy on the Ospreys. I'm the Ospreys supporter de- demographic that we have. <laughs> That's that's fair enough. I like the Ospreys as well. If I had to choose a second team, it'd probably be Ospreys. It definitely won't be Cardiff. Uh, it certainly <laughs> won't be the Scarlets either. So uh, uh yeah. Harley. So <laughs> I know he'd be gutted only. Yeah, so that was that then the private ownership deal, which was really good, really important. Um we had good recruitment in the summer. I thought that was pretty decent. It was quite nice for us to sign Dan Lidiot and bring him back home, you know, just because he'll offer that leadership and experience, and that's what we've been doing with right now. So yeah, that was pretty good. We had a very good pre-season. We were unbeaten, believe it or not. So we beat the Ospreys at Ronnie Parade. Uh, and then we went to the Clefley. We beat we the Scarlets. We had a home win. Yeah, but it's not competitive, so don't count as a Patricia. 
You know, um, it's I, I love to say yes, but you know, in the grand scheme of so, things, no. Not to like, not to um, you know, peek behind the curtain, but this is like this is my second podcast that I've recorded today. I was doing a URC preview, which you know we're two rounds in, but a URC preview for a different podcast, and we were talking about the dragons, um, and the fact that they haven't won in in Rodney Parade in in X amount of time. Was was the Munster game last season the last time they won a home game? No, no. So didn't. that was Zebra back in October last year. So we haven't won that's at one grade to go for a year. That's fine. I just didn't <laughs> well, want. That's okay, I, didn't, yes, I just, I just really didn't want the Munster one to have been the last one that they won, and we couldn't quite figure it out. So that's that's made me feel much better. No, it was actually Zebra. So uh, yeah, it's been over a year since we won a competitive mm. game at Blondie Parade. So um, you know, taking everything into account, the private ownership, the pre-season. The, you know the signings. There was genuine optimism going into the season, and then the season started, and we lost two winnable games. Patricia's bitching herself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop laughing, so, Patricia. It's, it's, hard. This is. it's just so dragons. <laughs> it's so dragonsy. I know. So we lost two winnable games at home. We lost to an understrength Edinburgh team. A game we really should have won. Um, we were in control for most of that game. But what they am I allowed? Dragons, go on, say something. Go on. Am I allowed to ask who got man the match of that game? <laughs> oh, you might have known there's some chap called Ben Healy or, or something like that. Yes. Name rings a bell, I suppose. <laughs> and respectfully, yeah. he looked so miserable the whole time. <laughs> there was not one smile out of him. You could just tell he just regretted every one of his life choices that led him to that point. He's not bad, is he? I mean, what Dragons didn't realise is because we gave away 17 penalties in that game. We lost yeah. that game for our indiscipline and our game management just went to shit in the last 10, 15 minutes. We just lost control once they scored. That was it then. Our heads dropped. But the Dragons didn't realise if you keep giving away penalties, Ben Healy's going to kick them because that's what he does. And he's very good at kicking, isn't he? Yeah. But they haven't grasped other players. So, yeah, we just completely lost yeah, In my professional and... opinion, 17 is too many penalties for a team to give away. Like, ideally, they probably give away fewer than that, like. I feel yeah. like 15 is probably the... 15 would be the most, would it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty bad, isn't it? But poor teams yeah. do give away a lot of penalties in fairness. That's just how it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was it. But that was a very disappointing start. Like I said, that was a game we really should have won. Then we lost to, as we always do, Cardiff. Uh, 17 straight defeats. And I have to say, it was one of the worst games I've ever attended of Only Parade. Really weird atmosphere. It was like a morgue. It was dead. It was sombre. There was no buzz whatsoever. It was like nobody wanted to be there. I, I hate this game, and I talk about this on the rap pod. So I say it's the worst game in the URC. It's the worst derby. Harley on the pod says it's the worst derby in world rugby, and he's probably right because every time we play each other, it's always a shit game. It's shit in a scrappy. You've got an average team coming up against a poor team, but the average team always wins. Um, so yeah, another defeat to Cardiff. So that's pretty upsetting. Um, and now I'm looking at this fixture list and I already have that familiar <laughs> feeling of dread. And we only two we only two games in the season, right? And I'm looking at the list now. So we got you guys though in Cork on the weekend, right? Then we got Leinster at home. We've oh. got Ospreys at home. Stop laughing, Patricia. I tried to funny. This is all funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've come on this podcast, all you've done is mock me. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we got Leinster, we got Munster at home, Leinster at home, Ospreys at home. Then we got to go to South Africa to face the Sharks and the Lions. And I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know where the next win is coming from at the moment. And like I said, we're only two games in. And I know people might be listening thinking, well, come on, mate, it's only two games in, you know. It's still early doors. But, um, but it is the Dragons. 
there's the dragons and I've seen this before. You know, I've seen this film before where we go on these really long losing streaks and then we break them when we beat the Scarlets. Um, but yeah, that's where I am at the moment. So I was full of optimism before the season started and it's gone up in smoke now, if I'm being brutally honest. So, uh, yeah. On a more, hopefully we can say it's a lighter note. We are also a year into Di Flanagan's reign. Okay, sorry. Unofficially, we're about a year into his reign. Um, they didn't officially get rid of Dean Ryan until, I don't know, prob- probably two weeks ago, it felt like. Yeah, um, that was my, yeah. I, I had actually forgotten about that because you know, they were technically coachless when they beat Munster. Yeah. And then they were like technically coachless for like half of last season. And then they went, oh yeah, that guy that we fired like six months ago, let's just make a statement say that we fired him. Like, it was, yeah, I forgot about that actually. That was strange. And then Cardiff just went and won up to again with their, <laughs> with their die young situation. But the question I was going to ask, Jamie, is it has been around a year of die Fanagan. The impression I get from interviews and all that is he comes across really well. What's the what's your consensus, but also the fans' consensus of him? So I really like Dai Fang. I think he's a really nice guy. And as you say, he does come across really well. Um, the players really like him and respect him. Um, unlike Dean Ryan, they don't hate him, which is always a good uh, sign. I think it helps <laughs> a small bit. <laughs> it does. It does help if your players actually like you, doesn't they want to play for you. But um Look, I do think he's a good young coach, but, you know, let's not forget he is a rookie coach. You know, he's only 36. He's pretty much learning on the job. And he hasn't got an experienced coaching team, really. He hasn't got anyone of experience to lean on. Because that was the whole point. When he went to the Dragons, he was supposed to be working under Dean Ryan. Dean Ryan was supposed to be, like, his sort of mentor, you know, and they would bounce ideas off each other. Like, Dean Ryan was still corner shots, but Dave Fagan had Dean Ryan's experience to sort of lean on and learn from. And then, obviously, Dean Ryan went, after our Edinburgh game, first game of the season, we, we basically just threw his players under the bus. Um, oh, that was, that but was then shocking. he was thrown into it. Oh, it was. It was shocking. He didn't He didn't take any responsibility, Dean Ryan. It was always the player's fault. He never once come and said, yeah, sorry, that was my fault. It's all on me. And to be fair to Dyke Ryan, even after these two defeats, now he's saying, yeah, I'm the coach. I select the players. He will take responsibility. He'll never throw his players under the bus. You won't see him criticise players. And I've got to be honest, I do feel sorry for Dyke Ryan. He was thrown in at the deep end. You know, this wasn't supposed to happen. And then suddenly yeah. he's thrown right into the deep end. The coaching, uh, you know, the Dragons, which is one of the most difficult jobs in world rugby for any coach. And I do feel for him. I think there are a few people who have said to me this weekend, he's a good coach, but is he a head coach? And I think that's a fair question. I think the jury yeah. is still out on whether Dai Flanagan is head coach material. I do think if we go on this losing run, then I think a few fans are going to start kicking off and questioning whether he is the right man for the job. But I do like Dave Flank. And I have to say, out of all the coaches we've had, and we've had a few over the years, he's the one I'm really rooting for. I'm desperate for Dave to do really well and to turn us around. But whether he's the right man or not, I don't know. But I do like him a lot. And he is a good coach. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens, I guess, this season. This could be a big season, actually. I think having a I think having a coach that you as a supporter really like and sort of believe and get on board with is is a huge part of things. Like I, I think that we all felt that way with Wig last season and obviously Munster season last season went sort of crazy. But at the, in, for, yeah. at the beginning part where it looked really bleak, having a coach that you you wanted to follow and that you you know you felt understood the group and that you liked 
as a coach for your team is a huge part of like sticking with them I think um, yeah. so like having that co- having you know the difference between having him there and, and when Dean Ryan was there I think that that's that's going to be a big like that's a big part of it I like certainly from from our point of view um with Munster it's 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 sort of difficult to talk about like the comparison between the two because obviously Munster Munster season when they lost five of the opening seven it didn't didn't continue on that trajectory I suppose but like at that stage it looked it looked dragons level bad I suppose not you know um mm. and and that's having Graham Roundtree there was a it was a big part of going okay maybe maybe it's maybe it's not as even if it is as bad as it seems maybe it's not as bad as it seems no I do like Dyke Frank and he is a local lad as well he gets the dragons he understands the dragons he's mm. from the region and you do want your local coaches and players to do really well but uh like I said I will have to see how he gets on you mentioned Graham Roundtree there right I don't know if you know this he actually interviewed for the Dragons job. It came down to the final two between him and Dean Ryan. And David Butchers gave it to Dean Ryan. Did you know that? Graham Rowntree oh. could have been Dragons coach. He could have been Dragons No, coach. I didn't. And Jeez. what a what an awful timeline that would be. Who would have been Monster coach? That's awful. I mean, I think he's Brendy probably chosen probably well, isn't he? Coach. Sorry, Jimmy, you were saying? I would say I think he's chosen well, Graham Rowntree, in all fairness. Um, I mean, but, kind of. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> He could have I mean, been Dragon's coach. Huge L for David Butchers to give it to Dean Ryan, honestly. I think that's the first big well, scoop we've had in the podcast, and I might need to get you back on a few more times, Jamie. This is going to be your track true. record. It's, it's actually true. That's what I read in the South Wales Argus. Anyway, so it is incorrect. Don't blame me. Blame the South Wales Argus. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Dean Ryan there, right? To be fair to him, in the first... Well, when we hired him, he was exactly the kind of coach we needed because we had Bernard Chapman. That was an absolute disaster. I love Bernard Chapman. Really nice guy. Brilliant pundit, by the way. His punditry is really, really good. Just not a very good coach and completely the wrong choice for the Dragons. And then we had Kerry Jones's caretaker. We were in a hell of a mess. So then, to be fair to Dean Ryan, he was really good in our first season because he was in the bottom rush region. We qualified for the Champions Cup. We actually had a really good season in his first year. The second season then was just ravaged by COVID. And then, you know, it was very inconsistent. Players just dropping out all the time. And But we enjoyed a strong end to the season. We did the double over Glasgow, which is really good. Because I don't know about you guys. There's something about Glasgow I just don't like. And I always like beating Glasgow. Um, yeah. I, I know it's Munster. Got, they have got a bit of a rivalry going with Glasgow. And they, I, I don't know what it is. There's something about Glasgow I just don't like. So It could never, it could never be our end. It has to be theirs. Like, yeah. Me, I mean, I think... I think if you're everyone's enemy team, then it's 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 got to be you at one point. I mean, that's true. Yeah, but then it just went tits up. Like that third season is when it really kicked off. You know, he was, I heard all sorts of stories. Like, speak to Elliot D about Dean Ryan and Tavis Noyle because they can't stand him. Like, he upset a lot of people and he just lost the dressing room. You know? Yeah, I don't and think it got... was a. I don't think it was a bad appointment. It was just one that went sour like way yeah. too quickly. Um, and and like obviously that's that's a shame for for everyone, like for him and for the 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 group and for the overall sort of, you know, the dragons. I suppose like overall, but it, it's. I think it was for the best that he was sort of turfed out when he was. I, I guess because like coming out after thought, the first yeah. game of the season and being like, my players are all shit. It's all their fault that we lost, and they're all awful, yeah. and I hate them all. It's kind of just not yeah. really what you want your head coach to do, I suppose. Yeah, they were his squad, but really, the place that he signed, they, that was pretty much his squad at that time because mm-hmm. he had three years with the Dragons. Yeah, and it's like you know, well, they they're your players, mate. You signed them, <laughs> you coach them. So if they're shit, why are they shit? 
Oh, it's a you that shit. So the first uh, game know, of the yeah. season as well. Like you can't really hide away oh, yeah. from, from the first game. You know what's coming no. down the line. Like yeah, that game against Munster. I think you beat the sixty-four-three, wasn't it? At Tolman a couple of years ago. Yeah, that, that was, was when the players just completely gave up. And I watched that game at Tolman. There were certain players who just couldn't be asked. They didn't care. There was no passion. There was no pride. That was when it was all started to unravel with Dean. Right, that's when the rumours were coming out and the players were complaining to the WIU and Butters about him. So, yeah, it, it was the right appointment at the time, but at the end, it just, yeah, he had to go and it was a disaster. And I think it took like... so long, to, sorry, it took so long to get announced because they had to negotiate a payoff. Because yeah. what happened was they actually gave him a new deal. So they knew that things were going wrong. Now, I don't, I'm trying to find out who did this, whether it was David Buttress or the WRU, because we were under the WRU at yeah. that point. They gave Dean Ryan, they knew he was kicking off for the players. They gave him a new deal. And then they got rid of him, but they had to pay him off. They had to negotiate the payoff. That's why they couldn't announce it officially until a few months after. Real Australia, Eddie Jones level of sort of putting your faith in the wrong coach. I, I think Even that, that um, like, regardless of how, like, you know, you, you spoke about how, how bleak you feel about the Dragons this season. I think it's always better to have, you know, like it's a better outlook with a coach that isn't sort of, destroying the team from the inside like if the team are going to lose they're going to lose but at least they're going to lose you know with a sort of a happy group and a happy squad like a happy coach with them um I think that that's always better than a situation like what they were sort of heading towards and what they had reached with with Dean Ryan I guess yeah absolutely no I agree yeah looking ahead to Saturday then Jamie I'd rather not (laughs) (laughs) Um, don't worry we don't need to get into at the two two sore point or anything like that, but you mentioned obviously two defeats in a row after a good preseason, and I suppose we probably don't have enough time to give it justice. But you did cover this in the rap pod about they looked like a completely different team from say preseason into that first game in terms of you know game management and discipline things that you mentioned already. But what stands out to me is, and people might actually laugh when they hear this if they don't already know, Wales are playing on Saturday the Dragons are without six or seven players like that is just talk about hanging out your teams out to dry I don't care that the WRU have no respect from the first place but that's just criminal yeah the WRU are just a bunch of jokers and they so don't forget this weekend we've got Welsh Derby as well happening cleverly we got Scarlets versus Cardiff so there'll be no Welsh internationals there because they'll be and playing the on City game in- the Ospreys playing London. in London as well. Like that's such yeah. a big, that's such a huge game for, for them as a club and such a big like occasion of a match. And you have Wales playing the Barbarians. I, I just, yeah. it's it's so very, very Welsh rugby. Like there's actually oh, no is, other yeah. way to, to put it than that. And like, I mean, not even why, because money is why. Like they, they need the cash of the game. But like, it's the week after the World Cup final. Like, why are you making Wales play? What would they have done if Wales had been in the World Cup final? Like, what? What? You know, I I know that like they, they didn't think that that, that was probably happen, wouldn't have happened. No. no, but like, <laughs> but like, what? I just don't understand, like, logistically, any reason for it. It's just, it's very, it's. Yeah. If I was the URC, I'd be fuming with the fact that this game is happening. You know, this yeah. weekend well, and, and taking Nigel the players Walker, away. Nigel Walker actually came out. He, he tried to pretty much blame the URC for this. He admitted it was a mistake. And then he said, 
oh, you know, we shouldn't negotiate about with the URC. We got to be careful what we agree with. It's like, no, just don't have this bloody game. You know, it's quite simple. I, look, Welsh rugby needs the money. It needs these. That's why we always have these, you know, out of test, uh, out of window tests, the fourth internationals and all this. But I haven't got a problem with this kind of game. It's just the time of it. Like you said, yeah. you got um, Ospreys in London now. By the way, Justin Tipperick now has been pulled from the, the Ospreys team. He's playing he's for the Barbarians. Play, he's playing for the Barbarians. So, you know, this is supposed to be a big showcase game for the Ospreys in London. You know, I mean, they Welsh internationals. And for us now, we're missing seven players for this fixture, right? So we won't have Elliot D, we won't have Leon Brown, we won't have Ben Carter, we won't have Dan Lydiat, Aaron Wainwright, Rio Dyer or Kai Evans. So our seven key players that we haven't got. And going to Munster is difficult enough as it is. Like, it is a really yeah. tough place to go. And when you haven't mm-hmm. got your internationals or when you've got injuries, you know, it's, it's good. And be when you've already got, like, a, a Welsh region squad to start with, you know, like... The squads are like you, there's only about twelve players in region in regional squads like this season, and half of them are off playing for Wales now against the Barbarians. It is really, it it's it's a it's a shame. Like it's 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 so unfortunate that it like falls. I mean, it just it doesn't fall here. Like the the WRU put it here. Like they there's not like they yeah. didn't know that the URC was going on and that the regions all had games this weekend. It's yeah, it makes a bit of a joke of the the regions, I suppose. Can I You're just incompetent. Yeah, but that's definitely going to get mentioned. Can I just play devil's advocate here a small bit, Jamie? Because Go on, there's a good chance that Wales won't get a good crowd for this weekend. The, the reports are of slow ticket sales. The Scarlet's Cardiff game, which is a derby game, is going to be... Not, it, won't, it won't draw more people, but it'll probably draw more eyes to it. Everyone across the URC, across the rugby landscape, is going to see these depleted teams while Wales play a meaningless game, do you think that the kind of pressure that could come from it could possibly, and I know this is probably optimistic, but shake a bit of sense into the WRU, considering they've already had a rocky year as it is? No, because it's the WRU, and they never Res- learn their lessons. Respectfully, what an unnecessary question. <laughs> well, look what's I happened mean, this fair. week. Have you, you heard what happened with Judgment Day? So Judgment yeah. Day was fucked. It's now been double booked. So we can't have Judgment Day at the Prince Party Stadium. Judgment Day for like loads of top. It was a regional. Yeah, it's because it's a regional top of that. No, no. So, look, Taylor Swift is uh, two weeks after that. Because I had to look at the date. So it's supposed to be on the 1st of June, the Judgment Day. And I think Taylor Swift is like on the 18th. But the actual event is unnamed. They haven't released for this yet. And it's like, it's either going to be a pop concert or it's going to be like monster trucks or it could be this rumours of um, football. So what else could be playing? Argentina in the Principality Stadium. Yeah, it's people not, are saying it's not, Taylor Swift. Um, it's not. It's not Bruce Springsteen, is it? No. No, that's a different date. That's later on in the month because you've also oh, got right. Foo Fighters. They've got several concerts there. Mm. They've got Taylor Swift, Foo Fighters, which I go to. Can't wait, but they love the Foo Fighters. Then Bruce Springsteen. But uh, this event is clashing with, it hasn't actually been named yet. Nobody knows what it is. It's probably That's another really pop concert. I mean, if it's the Rolling Stones, mind, or Metallica, I'm fine with that, quite frankly. <laughs> so I'll probably go to it. But uh, it's not ideal at all, is it? So, yeah. I we, mean, we you, have to prepare, you have to prepare yourself for the eventuality that it is Ed Sheeran because Ed Sheeran loves to just take a rugby team stadium oh. like when they have an important match to play there. And um, we would know all about that from a monster point of view. Like, I, I just... I. I would not be surprised if it was Ed Sheeran. Even if he's not on tour, he'll just play there because he knows that Judgment Day is happening that day. And um, that's sort of what tends to happen. So it's probably Ed Sheeran. I don't know if I should admit this, but I have seen Ed Sheeran twice at the Prince. I've seen Stadium. him once. 
So the first time was uh, Christmas present for my wife. Um, the second time, I knew nothing about it. My wife just randomly bought tickets, so I had to go. It wasn't by choice. And the first time, I got to say, he was actually okay. I didn't mind him. The second mm. time, I was like, yeah, I've had enough of you now, mate. I do not want to see him <laughs> again, quite frankly. So if he is playing it, don't get tickets, Jen, if you're listening. <laughs> don't get tickets. I suppose the only thing is, you have probably advocated for so many good concerts being on in Cardiff already. So yeah. maybe telling people to knock a tickets for one of them mightn't be a bad thing. Good lineup, though, to be fair, that's coming to Cardiff. Um, yeah. But I, I suppose it is a fair point that no matter what happens, the WRU won't change. So you're just hoping that something changes on the field and it's tough to see. And like we could probably get into a huge conversation about you know Cardiff, Scarlet's, Osprey, Scarlet's off for poor start. The Ospreys have been, you know, depleted ahead of their biggest game of the season so far and, and so on and so forth. But I'm kind of bringing it back to the Dragons. Like, they're not seven players that you can afford to lose. Not that you can ever afford to lose players, but they're not exactly seven you'd pick out and be like, oh yeah, we'll be fine against Munster without Elliot D, um, Rio Dyer, Dan Lydiot and co. Oh, absolutely. We haven't got the debt. We haven't got the strength in depth. And what's worried me today is I was reading Dave Flanagan's comments in the BBC and he's talking about rotating players for this game. And I'm thinking, oh, are we going to rotate? We haven't got enough bloody players. I don't know how that's going to work unless he, unless he's going to chuck in some youngsters. Um, it, it could get very ugly if that's the case, mind. Um, yeah, I, I am really uh, worried about this game. I think it's going to be another smoking like it was in Tolmond a couple of years ago. Um, here's a question for you both then see if you know this so Dragons have only beaten Munster in Munster once okay do you know when the last time Dragons beat Munster in Munster oh it must be ages and ages ago yeah I I mean I was going to say there's a chance there's a chance Kalon wasn't born when that happened like honestly (laughs) great chance of it I'll go one. Oh one. Yeah. Okay. What were you saying, Patricia? What year? Uh, I go a bit later than that. I'll say oh four. This is probably like two thousand seventeen or something. No, no, you're correct. It was two thousand and four. It was the twelfth of March, two thousand and four. Munster six, Newport Gwent Dragons, as we were known then, sixteen. It was that long ago we had Percy Montgomery at Fly Hard. Oh well, that's why. That's you how long ago it was. <laughs> Excellent. That's exactly. so yeah. fun. Yeah. No. So, who says uh, we you did the double over Munster that year. Did you know that? We actually did the double over Munster that year because we beat them Ronnie Parade the year before. I mean, that's never going to happen again. That's one of those things <laughs> that's happened and will never happen again. But yeah. I mean, if the Dragons win this game this weekend, that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Jamie, respectfully, I want to see you do well, but not this weekend. <laughs> the Knives Out Brigade will be so sharp. They don't even need to point them in my direction. I'll still feel them. But Monster oh. by a hundred. <laughs> Not that far either. <laughs> I mean, you're joking. You're joking about it, but it's <laughs> the way things are going, who knows? <laughs> am, am I right in saying, I could be wrong in my dates, but was it early this year that Dragons also sent kind of a slight, again, slightly rotated because they don't exactly have huge depth to the RDS and got well beaten? as well or was it early last season I'm not 100% sure um, 
Like it's every, every, team's, no good for every team's gotten well beaten in the RDS in their time. There's no need to pick yeah. on the dragons for that. Yeah, like. no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. But there's it does it's probably no good for for anyone if if we're being put into this situation, is there? No, I mean, but we did play Leinster at the RDS. So to be fair, we actually played all right. I mean, the scoreline suggests otherwise, but we did actually do all right down there. Um, no, I don't think we rotated, but I think we had quite a few players. Out. I mean, Leinster is Leinster, isn't it? No matter what team you put out there, you're likely to get smoked, especially if you're a Welsh team. Unless it's Apart in the from Munster, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, Leinster's Munster. I knew you'd say that. That's why. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's not ideal, um, this situation at all. Um, I'm kind of worried to see the team sheet, you know, because we've had a few injuries. So Rodrigo Martinez, he limped off after 10 minutes. He's of Argentinian loose head. Um, and then we had a couple of concussions there and we had Sean Lonsdale concussed and we had Pavi Keddy concussed. Um, we had a back row featuring two locks and a hooker against Cardiff, uh, up against their back row, who, by the way, had Ellis Jenkins and Thomas Young in it, you know, breakdown specials. It was never going to end well. Let's just put it it's that actually, way. It's actually well, not funny anymore. That's the problem. Like, it's actually like <laughs> laughing at like a child getting run over by a monster truck. Like, it's this, it just feels cruel at this point. And, and, you know, sometimes I don't know if you remember, Kate, on the uh, the Ospreys game in Home Park this last season, where like the the players were going on oh, strike yeah. and they came and they got yeah. absolutely battered out the gate with Home Park, and you almost like you you don't even want to watch it. Like you you actually feel you you feel like and that, your team that was committed the same week that there was talk crime. of the Ospreys going. Wasn't it? It was the same. Like there was talking. Yeah, like they were, they, they were, they were there. They were going to strike, and then they were going to go under, and then they had yeah. to come and play this game, and they were all just really. It was so depressing, and it, this game has the feeling of that it could be one a bit like that, and like obviously, mm. I want Munster to get five points from from their from every game. Like I want them to win every game with one point, and I want them to get you know rack up a points difference, etc. But like, you don't want to see teams get like properly twatted like that it's really it is difficult to watch it is like actually just you know basically just lining them up and pelting balls at them for an hour and just leave yeah. them crying it's it's not it's not very nice like when we um we discussed this game on the rap podcast we did like our previews and predictions and james who's on there now he's a new member of the team and he's an osprey's fan and he was like Oh, where's the game being played? Because it's not being played at home. And so I said, no, it's being played in court. Must recover. Oh, right. So drugs might have a chance then. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> it don't matter where this <laughs> game is being played. The outcome is going to be the same. And then I read today that Munster haven't lost in court since 2019, which is against Edinburgh. So I do, yeah. I do think that. Um, and and look, I I don't want to, I don't want to get into any Cork Limerick politics. I like to stay completely partisan on Cork Limerick politics. I am, I am Switzerland when it comes to Cork Limerick politics, <laughs> and because whatever I say is always the wrong thing. But I do think that Musgrave Park ha- doesn't have that like terrifying, intimidating, like magical factor that Thoman Park has. Um, so like I do kind of understand that from the point of view of like oh you might feel like you have slightly more of a chance of the games in Musgrave Park than if it was in Thoman Park. But because I do think that Thoman Park is this weirdly like almost, you know, otherworldly place in terms of like how it, the stadium almost psychs some teams out on its own. Um, but yeah, like I do agree that I don't think that this game being in Musgrave Park as opposed to Thoman no. Park is like a, is, is you know, difference. a swing for the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> 
unfortunately. Cork and Limerick are both great counties with great stadiums and I think that Munster should play games in both of them more often and maybe they should even play in Tipperary and Waterford and Clare and Kerry as well. That was nicely read off the script there. That was, that was <laughs> it's like a hostage video. <laughs> no, I I do remember that Edinburgh game actually, and if I remember correctly, we were robbed. So our unbeaten record is actually better than you know. Oh right. Than, no, um, I just was... I w- I waded into I accidentally waded into some Cork Limerick politics in in Treviso, and like my, the only the only I just it's easier for me to drive to Limerick than it is to drive to Cork, and that means something to me like that. I don't care Same. that it's Limerick. Like I don't, I don't even really like Limerick that much. Like no offense to Limerick, but it just, it's just easier to drive there. I'm sorry. Like maybe if they built a main road to Cork, I'd go there more often. And I think that Munster games should be played there. And I think that they should move them and back across the border, like some people say or whatever. But I think that they should play more Munster games in the Waterford Regional Sports Centre because it's 25 minutes away from my house. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not getting behind <laughs> that one now. You ever go to any of those preseason games in the Waterford Regional Sports Centre? No, it's way Awful. too far. I, I'd be halfway home when I'm fucking leaving Waterford, I'd say. <laughs> Waterford's lovely. I got family Waterford. It's I was in Waterford today, actually. I li- I do, I actually love Waterford. But um, the Munster stopped playing preseason games in the Waterford Regional Sports Centre, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> they got Weatherspoons now in Waterford. Yeah, they're closing they're it down. Got they're closing oh, it down. They? There's uh, the Cork, Cork, Waterford, and Galway's. I want to go. There's one being built in Galway. There was three that are closing down. I know that one of them was Cork, and the other one was Waterford. The problem with it is that it's massive. It's actually too big for the city. Oh, okay. I've, I've heard Jack that. Meads, it's a good pub. That's my favourite pub in Waterford. Jack Meads. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Jack Meads. Yeah. It's a really yeah. lovely pub. the poor people at Gary are going to be like we got one lad from Killarney mentioned at the middle of the show and that's going to be about it now for a while shout out to Cafe Lucia Waterford it's one of my favourite cafes would we get into predictions or do you want to I'd... stay on we could stay talking talk about, about coffee like... let's talk about Waterford some more <laughs> Biggest pennies in Ireland outside of Dublin. That's yeah. true. Like that's just a fact. Did not know that. Waterford Crystal. Waterford Crystal go. as well. I've been there, been to the centre and uh, mm. Jordan's American bar as well. That's a really good pub in Waterford. It's always dead every time we go in there, but I really like it. Good pint. That's a Waterford County Council should pay us for this tourism ad that we're doing at the minute. Like. Benetton earlier, Waterford now. What's going to... <laughs> are we going to advertise Belfast next week or are we just going to pick a random county or a random town? I've never been to Belfast, so... I'd love to go there. I would love to go to Belfast. Not to see a Dragons Ulster game. I just want to go to Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to experience the pain of that. I just want to go and see the city. Yeah. See, that's, are you that's heading to Musgrave Park this weekend, Caelan? No, I'm not. I'm uh, My kind of taking time off rugby starts Friday night. I'm going to watch... A little bit less because I'm absolutely fried from having watched nearly every World Cup game. So I won't be there. I'll be back for the Stormers game. Um, Be back in Thomas for the Stormers game. That's that's the aim, but I won't make it to Musgrave. Will you be down there? Or... No, because I, as I said, it's, it's just easier to drive to Limerick. And so yes. if Musgrave Park was moved to Limerick, I would be there. 
<laughs> Let's have two stadiums in Limerick and none anywhere, anywhere else would be grand. This feels like something the WRU would do, to be honest. Why am I playing the other. Crusaders in Parky Cueve when it is more difficult for me to drive there? Why was this not considered when they thought about where to host the Crusaders and they should have put it in the regional sports centre in Waterford? We should blame the government <laughs> for giving their money to the Parky Cueve instead of doing up Simple Stadium. That's <laughs> there you go now. That's that's how we get around it. Although, as we said on one of the World Cup podcasts, if there was a World Cup game in Semple Stadium in Thurlis, they'd still be lost getting out of it. So, <laughs> silver linings to all these things. Um, Jamie, have you been to any games, any games in Limerick or in Cork? So, I've been to Tolman Park once, um, because my wife's a Scarlet supporter. And we went over there about 10 years ago. I think it was 2010, 2011. They played the Scarlets, the they, in the Heineken Cup. Uh, we went over, we stayed at... Yeah, it was like... Um, we stayed in Waterford. We got a coach down and we went to Limerick. Now, I like Limerick because Limerick reminded me of Newport. Because it was cold, wet, grey, lots of boarded up shops. And when JJ Hangerhan was with us, when he was at the Dragons, he actually said... He said that. I yeah. like Newport. It's like Limerick. I'm like, yeah, oh, I remember that. It was that. all just me. Remember yeah, you remember. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just great for anyone. Do you I, remember I really what that. part of the stadium you were situated in for the game? Oh, I don't know the name of the stand. I was I was on the side, sort of up the top. I don't know what stand it was called. I mean, this was like 10, 11 years ago. But uh, we had a big debate on this podcast, yeah. Jamie. If you don't know, it's there's a bit of an East versus West going on on this podcast. Oh, okay. um, Patricia and myself are East Terrace people. The co-host last week is, is a West Terrace man and you know yourself, these are mini rivalries amongst fans where you could get your season ticket for like. Yeah, I'm in the posh seats of Only Place. So we we the you see the terrace, that's where all the riffraff are. I'm in the posh seats. But the atmosphere is all on the terrace, I'll be honest. That's where all the noise is coming from. It's a bit corporate where I am, but um, I'm not gonna lie, the, it's a better view. Um, do you still have the inflatable uh, castle like exit for the players to run out through? Oh, we still got a like brick wall thing, yeah, castle. Yeah. But we used to have like a plastic dragon on the top, but that's gone now. Oh, so, someone uh, stole it, did uh, they? Probably, yeah. That's just why we can't <laughs> have nice things in Newport. So, yeah, probably someone stole it. But, uh, I love Bonnie Great. I know it's a bit of a shit, though, but I love it. It's my shit, though. I love it. I oh, know, 100%. It's a good way of looking at it, to be fair. And yeah. hopefully, there'll be more plenty of great days than your shithole of Rodney Parade. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting, but uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Listen, what provinces do you have at home this year? Connacht and Ulster, is it? Connacht and Leinster? You could take. But we've got Leinster after you guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll look forward not. to that one. <laughs> you could take Connacht or Ulster on on a good day. Leinster well, are going to lose to a really, really funny team for them to lose to this season. I feel that really strongly. And, like, I see no reason why it couldn't be the Dragons. I think that they will lose to, like, the Dragons or Zebra or, like, the Lions or someone. It'll be really funny. And they'll still finish, like, top of the table in the regular season or whatever. Mm. But it'll be like, ha, remember when they lost to the Dragons or whatever. So I'm actually fully, fully rooting for that to happen now next week. We we pushed them close, actually. The last time they came to Ronnie played, I think it was, like, um, 8-7 or 9-8. I can't remember. I remember I mean, that we ne- game. Yeah. That was during COVID, wasn't it? No, it wasn't doing COVID. It was crowded. Oh. It was crowded. This was about, yeah, two years ago. So like that, uh, maybe three years ago there. I mean, we never looked like winning our game, but we did give them a scare. Like they got really frustrated. They started making mm. loads of mistakes, knock-ons. It was very unleadster like performance. I mean, but the Ospreys, we- the Ospreys nearly beat them last season. Like they, they do have that propensity to like nearly yeah. lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. And I just have a feeling that this season they will like not escape. 
um against one of them and I'm I'm really just looking forward to it to be honest. Well, that's always the dragons because they'd be quite good with it and quite funny, let's be honest. So, uh, this yeah. is where the dragons and wagon bus starts. We don't start operating <laughs> until, um, what, what time? So, about 7 30 on Saturday evening. But from there on in, the dragons van wagon bus is going to be going around the province of Munster. Jamie, can I ask you a question? You can, of course, yeah. Um, so like obviously I, I think that it's pretty clear that um the Dragons won't win the rugby game on Saturday, but like do you think there's any sport or game that the Dragon squad would beat the Munster squad at? Sport or game they'd be beat oh. Would they, they like won't be really no anything like that, would they? Darts or something like Darts, cricket maybe, I, I don't know, Skittles. I mean I, I haven't got a clue. Probably not, I'd say. I can't think of a sport <laughs> they would be good good at. No. The answer is no. I, I don't know. I don't know of any sport they could beat Munster at. Sorry. Could they outdrink? Yeah. The, could the Dragons fans outdrink the Munster fans? Now, there's the question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Could they? Because we drink ourselves to defeat every single game, right? So we're used <laughs> to heavy drinking. So, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say yes on that one. There we go. That's yep. exactly. These are the modern victories that we're going to be seeking out this season. <laughs> Drinking like this that is the sport or game that the dragons could beat Monster at. Well, it's something, isn't it? <laughs> at least Would the dragons pack beat the Monster pack in a boat race? Oh, absolutely not. Have you seen our packs? Bloody rubbish. We haven't had a scum for years. Oh. I feel like this is good group therapy for you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is. I really do. <laughs> Yeah. I expect you're going. You're not going to say dragons to win this weekend. Then you're just well. Actually, that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so my prediction on the rap pod was Munster by twenty two. It could be more than that. It probably will be more than that. This does have the potential to be ugly. And look, if you guys win, you know, if you put 50, 60 points on us, okay, fine. But I want a losing bonus point. Because I think it's really important we come away with something, you know. So, you know, if we get a, a try bonus point, that'd be fantastic. That's probably more likely than a losing bonus point. I don't think Dragons would get anywhere near close to Munster. But if we can come away with a try bonus point or something, you know, because with Leinster coming up, you know, in all seriousness, if we just get absolutely slaughtered, that's not going to do our confidence any good. You know, the supporters mm-hmm. are going to get down again, it's going to knock the confidence of the team. We need to put in a performance to give us some green shoots going into Leinster. You know, so we need to really wise up there. You know, I was listening to Dave Flanagan today, you were saying that the squad are hurt and all this. I'm thinking, well, they're going to be hurt even more probably after this weekend, but they can't feel sorry for themselves. You know, they've got to pick themselves up at the floor. They've lost two winnable games. They've got to show support of something. They've got to go there and stand up and fight. That's what they need to do. There we go. We didn't pay yeah. you to say that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see it. The only the only caveat I'd have is um, if Munster were to win by, say, 20, 30 points, like we're saying, and the Dragons were to score four tries, that's just too Premiership-like for my liking. I'm not I'm not mm. a Premiership fan. You know, this is the best league, URC. I'd much rather, you know, a spirited Ospreys, or sorry, a spirited dragons performance, as if we haven't been on talking about the dragons long enough, um, and get their bonus point that way. I'm not into this premiership throwing the ball around seven style stuff now, unfortunately. Um, but we'll, we might, you know, maybe, maybe they'll get something out of it. Patricia, which, no, not which way. How do you see the game unfolding? 
Um, I like to think that Munster will sort of respond themselves from the performance against Benetton. And um, I just want it to be a bit more like, I don't know if fluid is really the right word. I, I, I want them to play better than they played against against Benetton. And I don't necessarily think that they would have to play better than that to, to win this game. It's not like, it's not about that. But I think that, you know, Stormers, Glasgow, Ulster and Leinster are coming up. It's not getting any easier. And I think that they need, I mean, I mean, and also like, we don't even really know who's actually playing a 10 for Munster in this game. Munster don't have a 10 at the moment could, now. Could be Antoine Frisch. I, if it's Antoine Frisch, you will hear me hollering. I will actually, I'll walk to Cork. <laughs> I will walk to Musgrave Park to watch Antoine Frisch play a 10. But um, no, I, I would like, I would just like to see a better performance. I, I think that, um, I think that it will be a bonus point win for Munster. I think that if it's not, it would be hugely disappointing. Um, But it could be a bonus point win and still not be, a, and Munster still not have a great performance. I That's not what, that's what I don't want to see. Um, I do want to see them play better. I think that like there are the players there to do it. I would love to see, um, you know, imagine a starting halfback pairing, Craig Casey and Antoine Frisch. Oh my God. This is so much fun. They should it's start everyone time. out of position. They should just put like Shane Daly at loose head and just, you know. Thomas Hearn is starting on the wing. I don't care. Thomas Hearn is on the wing. All six I mean, foot nine. Hodnett, Hodnett goes on the wing. Like we we know it. It, it is the it is the proverb. Like it's they could do so much fun stuff here. Like just give me a center pairing of Alex Cadellan and John Hodnett. I mean, it would work. I oh, know. Yeah, you, you have to put Hodnett with a Hearn. They they sync up so well. They're no, best because friends. they wouldn't get they wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> They'd be too busy chatting. No, I, I, I sorry, I, 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 I genuinely got quite waylaid thinking about a starting halfback pairing of Craig Casey, Craig Casey and Antoine Frisch because I, I really kind of need to see that. Um, I was going, what I was actually going to say is I'd love to see Paddy Patterson start, but I changed my mind when I thought about seeing Craig Casey with Antoine Frisch. No, um, I'd like to see Alex Nankabel start as well. I don't know if that would be with with Frisch or with someone like O'Brien or um, you know, because of the fact that we might need fresh elsewhere, of course. Yeah, like I think that um I just want to see them play better than they did last weekend and I and I think that they they can do that certainly. Um whether or not they will of course is another thing. Um and for for the likes of you know Kieran Ryan and um Mark Donnelly like just to see them take last week's game and you know these are young players. It's not good. They're not going to be magically, you know, the best props in the world overnight or anything. But to see them, like at least, you know, show some sort of a learning from the 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 game that they went through last week. And yeah, like I do think that it'll be a bonus point win for Munster. There's really no point in in pretending otherwise. Um, anything less than that is is a disappointment. Like, but I think it'll either be like a really frustrating like 28-20 game or it'll be you know 78-0 or something like that it's it's there's no real in between to it it's either going to be really stuttery or it's going to be like a a, yeah. a a sort of a train crash game um I kind of hope it's somewhere in between I guess yeah. that's our best hope that is for the Dragons if we drag Munster down to our level 
and make it a really scrappy. No, I mean that. The, this is, is that why if they're called the really, Dragons? Exactly. We drag teams down to our level. Well, we try to. Um, if we make it a scrappy Turgid game and frustrate Munster, then I think it'll be a much closer game and maybe we can get something out of it. But if it, if the game is going to be loose, it'll just be a blowout. It'll be Munster by 50-odd points. By the way, we mm-hmm. haven't won away in the league since uh, 2022. Uh, which is against the Scarlets, April 2022. So uh, we're not very good on the road. I mean, we're not much good at home, to be honest, but we're, we're when, even worse on the road. Where do the Dragons win games? Did you know this, right? We we have a terrible tendency to set unwanted records. So we actually went through a period where we didn't win an away game in the league for four years. I remember. Did you, do you remember that? I yeah. remember. We, I do remember. We, and I remember when they finally yeah. won and I literally felt like Munster had won the Heineken Cup. I was so happy the Dragons had won a fucking away game. It was unbelievable. Oh, imagine how I felt. I, I was on top <laughs> of the world, I was. Yeah. So when we beat Zebra, that was Dean Ryan's first season away. We put like 50-odd points on it. Um, yeah, that was the first time we'd won in the league for four years. So we do have a tendency to set these horrible, unwanted records. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you that, that's all. I think that Alex Nankovell and John Ryan should start in the centres uh, together. Uh, the Chiefs partnership, <laughs> the Chiefs partnership coming coming to Munster. Um, John Ryan has the hands and the you know he can crash it up if you need him to. Alex Nankovell is obviously incredibly talented. Um, Graham Rowntree, get get in touch for for more uh, you know advice and tips like that because I I really do think that uh, you know Munster could uh, Munster could really surprise some people this season with if they just played a little bit outside the box. And I think that um, I think that there are other things that the Dragons could be good at, like that they could explore that, uh, you know, maybe rugby's just not for them and they just need to accept that and start like a paintball league or something instead. Thank you, Patricia. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. You bring that back to the Dragons and just let them know. This, this, is, this is not group therapy anymore for Jamie. <laughs> it might have started to be group therapy, but I don't think it is anymore. Unfortunately. I'm gonna cry when I come off this podcast, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah well. We're probably gonna well, you know, we could well cry if it goes tits up on, on Saturday as well. Oh yeah, the, that's oh, the thing, won't. like if once they lose to the dragons again, I, I actually I do quit, like that's the thing. I'm I'm just not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I you get a losing bonus point, that's all I care about. Do your worst, put fifty, sixty, seventy points on us. I don't care. Give us a bonus point at least. That's all I ask. We need to come away with something. And then you Seven, beat Leinster. Like 70-25. Yeah, if it's a bonus point, I can Lovely stuff. Yeah. Well, so, me. there you have it. Munster are going to put 40 points to the Dragons while conceding four tries, and then the Dragons are going to beat Leinster the following weekend. And it's going to be the greatest two weeks in rugby vibes history <laughs> that doesn't involve Wonderful. rugby values. That's fantastic. I mean, that, sounds, that sounds great. I don't know why you wouldn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do have some Leinster fans listening into this. I, why? Well, they tell me they listen in anyways. I'm not sure well, if they, they do. Why don't they fuck off? Ah, well, I didn't say that, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, thank you very much for coming on for these. Um, it, it started off as a positive therapy session. It may have not have ended as a positive therapy session. Well, at least you got your feelings about the WRU out there. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. It was going but it was going fine and then Patricia got nasty and that's when it turned for me this podcast. So uh yeah. So thank you for having me on. Let's appreciate it. It's great to have you. And it's it's nice to get a an angle from the other side of things as well, because like 
listen, there's, there's four other teams in Ireland, but we barely even managed to cover four of them properly in this country. So never mind covering the rest of the URC <laughs> with any grave detail. We'll be back next week to look back on this clash with the Dragons and look ahead to Munster's first interprovincial of the season. That's against Ulster in Belfast. Um, if you do follow us on Twitter, you, you, you probably should if you don't. And if you do, hop on there, give us your predictions for Saturday's game or, or your thoughts on the game. And if you want to be with us every step of the way, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you really like us, maybe leave a review. Maybe. Maybe tell your Munster supporting friends. Maybe tell your Dragon supporting friends if you have them for this week. <laughs> Again, <laughs> thanks very much. Jamie, what's Rich? your favourite fictional dragon? Uh, Puff. That's an when I excellent, think of. excellent answer. I can't think Puff of any. the magic dragon. <laughs> I be- I better switch this off before I get untold <laughs> damage for not knowing any dragons. Not players, not fictional. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thanks very much to Patricia, as always, and to Jamie for joining us. Until next time, folks, we'll chat to you next week. <laughs>